0: Praise the Lord. Everybody, we want to say good morning to you. We invite you to help us praise, worship, and honor our God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and thank him for his son, Jesus. Come on, clap your hands with us. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. And I'll never know how much it cost to see my sins upon that I'll never know how much it costs to see my sins upon that cross. I'll never know how never know how much it costs.
1: morning and good morning. We are so grateful that you have joined us this morning. Welcome to Zion Hill Church Family Worship Service. Thank you for tuning in. I hope that you invite others to join us soon. I pray that God will touch you and touch me this morning for his glory. Please open your Bible to the book of St. John chapter 10, verse number 10. The book of St. John, chapter 10, verse number 10. The Bible says it is the thief that comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said he came that you and me might have life and that we might have life more abundantly. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for another day of blessing. Holy Spirit, glorify yourself in this house. Use me to be a channel of blessing to everyone listening to me. I pray, O oh God, that you will heal us and that you will touch us and that you will do what no other man can do. We thank you for your presence in the house. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on the subject titled Our Word for Your Situation. Let me make it personal our word for my situation. All of us got one situation or the other. It's good to know there's a word for our situation. My assignment today is threefold. Number one, I will teach you the word of God. And number two, we're going to take communion together. I'm excited about that. And number three, I'd like to pray for you and me before we go. Is that all right? (laughs) Thank you for being a part of this. Let me start out by saying that communion is what we do to celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We as Christians believe Without the death, barrier, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our faith in God will be in vain. So this is very crucial. And let me tell you also, the reason why we do this is because Jesus commanded us to do. it. Jesus literally said, do this in remembrance of me. So if you're asking the question, why do we have to take communion? I'm glad you ask. The first answer is that it was commanded by God. The second answer is that we do it in remembrance of the Lord Jesus Christ, what he did for us on Calvary. The third answer, ladies and gentlemen, is that we do this to commune with God. Believe it or not, we also do it to commune with one another. It's good to fellowship one another. Just to be able to take communion with you this morning means a lot to me. Because you my brother, you my sister. Another reason why we take communion is because we believe there is power in the blood of Jesus Christ. So as we take communion, it's good for the healing of our body, especially in times like this with all the reports about coronavirus. There's no better time than for you and me to take the communion with one another. Ladies and gentlemen, you probably have heard the same thing I'm hearing about COVID-19. People get sick. And a lot of people died. But the good news is that not everybody died. There are people who are recovering from this coronavirus. In fact, I did some study, and I found out from John Hopkins University Medical Center, and they reported that at least 194,000 people worldwide has recovered from COVID-19. These were people that were sick and they recovered. Also, the same university reported that 8,500 people at least has recovered here in the United States of America. That's good news, ladies and gentlemen. So people are actually recovering from this. I love good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ is good news, not bad news. I begin to read and research of various people that recover from this. And I believe if they recover, any of us can recover from it in the name of Jesus. I read about one Jessie Clark. She was a woman that was uh, infected by this virus. She contracted COVID-19. But he was pregnant, and they, they took her to the hospital, and she was going down very fast. Then the doctors and the nurses they decided to put her into coma, and then they delivered the baby by C- session. Amazingly, both of them lived. Mama lived and baby lived. And of course, they asked this. Precious lady, Ms. Clark, what is it that kept you going in the midst of all this? And she said, I choose to leave for my baby. She said that was what kept her going. There was another story of a brother by the name Stuart Bold. He contracted COVID-19 during a, a church choir rehearsal in, in Europe. And ladies and gentlemen, he said, what troubled him the most is being left alone in the room. Nobody could come to see him. He was just by himself. He said that fear of loneliness consumed him. He said another thing that got his attention is that he realized it was just moments from hell. Well, the good Lord saved him. He recovered from it. And then after he recovered from COVID-19, they asked him, what kept you going? What was your secret? He said the fear of going to hell kept him and gave him the courage to fight hard. The story was also told about a minister, Reverend Timothy Cole. Reverend Cole is from Washington, D.C. He also had COVID-19, and he went through the whole ordeal and recovered from it. They asked him, Reverend, what is your secret? He said, I just knew before I entered into the hospital that God will see me through. His faith in God sustained him throughout the ordeal. There's also the story of Sakedra Fisher. From Louisiana. Hello, somebody. Right in our neck of the wood. Miss Fisher is an accountant here in the the state of Louisiana, but she had a four year old. And bless God, she contracted COVID 19 and she recovered from it. She survived. They asked her, What was your secret? She said, I refused. Take note of those words. I refuse to die. I don't want nobody to have to raise my child. There was also the story of Kayla Lazaree, another native of Louisiana. I did hundreds of this research, and I just want to share some of them with you. Kayla was eight weeks pregnant. And Kayla also have another child, two-year-old, and she contracted COVID-19. She went through the whole ordeal. She survived. She recovered. They asked her, what is your secret, sister girl? She said, I tell you, I cannot die even if I want to. He said, I got a two-year-old, and I'm pregnant with a life in my stomach. He said, no. I refuse to let the devil take me out. My brothers and my sisters, take note, all of these people recovered, not just because of their hospital treatment. There's something else that sustained them through the whole ordeal. And amazingly, medical doctors all agreed that most people died in the hospital because of fear. Fear. Not so much of the the diagnosis they come to the hospital for. They die because of fear. There are two factors that the doctors agree can affect whether you live or die. Even in this crisis. Number one, you've got to have a strong immune system. And number two, you have to have strong will. Strong faith in God to go through it. The good news is that the blood of Jesus Christ can boost our immune system. Hallelujah. Have you ever thought about that? The blood of Jesus Christ gives us power for strong will. It boosts our will to live. That's why I'm so excited about taking communion with you this morning. Jesus died to give you a main life. Jesus died to give you and me freedom. Jesus died to give us what the Bible call abundant life. Life from fear. Life from worry. Abundance of life. So the truth be told, it's not just treatment that keeps people alive. It's that Freedom from a spirit of fear is that willingness, strong will to live, strong faith in God. And that's what I want to prepare you with before we take the Holy Communion today. I happen to come from Africa, and I know about an animal called lion. I'm sure you say, yeah, I know that too. I I saw a lion in the zoo. Well, let me tell you, the lion in the jungle is different from what you see in the zoo. The lion in the zoo is caged, has been tamed. But the lion in the jungle is really much, much aggressive and and really active. The Bible says and acknowledge, and we all know it too, that the lion is the king of the jungle. But one thing that got my attention is the reality that the lion is not the strongest animal in the jungle. The lion also is not the biggest animal in the jungle. So why, how is he able to dominate the jungle? How is he able to rule everybody else? If he is not the biggest, if he is not the strongest, in fact, the lion is not the smartest animal in the jungle. The lion is not even the fastest animal. There are many animals that can outrun the lion any day. And guess what? The lion is not the tallest. There are animals like the giraffe, tall like a two-story building. How then is the lion able to rule everybody? I'll tell you how. He instilled fear. And that's exactly what the devil does to you and me. And what I'm trying to tell you today, if you allow the devil to put fear in you, if you allow the devil to instill war in you, if you allow the devil to give you a spirit of panic, the devil will steal what Jesus Christ died to give you. You don't want that, ladies and gentlemen. So what do you need to do to avoid that? You have to fight back. The Bible says the devil comes to kill, to steal, to destroy. You can't just sit there and let him do that to you. You have to use the weapon of faith that Jesus has given to you. You have to protect that miracle that Jesus died to give you. So, ladies and gentlemen, just like the testimonies of all these brothers and sisters that survived COVID-19, the first thing you need to do, you need to find you a reason to leave. Are you listening to me this morning? See, one lady said her baby was the reason that kept her going. She don't care. They put her on coma. Before she went on coma, she already made up her mind. I'm coming out of this. I'm going to be there for my baby. One preacher said from D.C., Washington, D.C., said, look, I knew God would see me through. That's his fate at work. Ladies and gentlemen, one brother said, the fear of going to hell, I could just see it. I'm just moment from hell. My question to you, do you have a reason to live? If you don't find you a reason to live, the devil will kill you before your time. Hallelujah, I want to encourage you today. Don't allow a spirit of fear to consume you. Please take note. fear begins in the mind. Fear begins with your thought. Faith begins in your heart. So if you're going to, to have to deal with the spirit of fear, you have to control your thought pattern. And you can choose your own thoughts. Believe it or not, God gives you that choice. That give, God give me that choice. You don't have to think whatever comes into your mind. Just last night, I had some crazy dreams myself. Guess what? I woke up this morning. One of my deacons called me. I was still in the middle of that dream and my phone rang and I heard my deacon's voice and I realized I was having this crazy dream. Guess what I did? I just cast it out. (laughs) You have that choice. God gives you the power to control and choose what is right instead of choosing what is wrong. When problems come your way, you have that choice. You can either do what the devil is telling you to do, which is usually fear, which is usually worry. Just like the lion in the jungle, he will use fear to intimidate you. He will use fear to scare you and scare you to death. But you don't have to do that. You can choose to trust God instead. I don't know about you. I made up my mind. I'm going to trust God. Come hell or high water, I trust God. I wake up, I trust God. I go to bed trusting God. During my daytime. I trust God. Because when it's all said and done, if you remove God from my life, I'm down to nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, let's trust God. God can help you to have the right thoughts and when you trust God, you will think right. When you trust God, you will think godly. When you trust God, you will not allow the cares of this world to dominate you. How do you do that? You embrace the promises of God. The Bible says this book of the Lord, don't let it depart from you. Meditate upon it day and night. When you are consumed with the mindset of God, with with the thought pattern of God, no fear can intimidate you. In fact, you don't even have space for fear or worry. That is why Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says, "Whatsoever, whatsoever are true, whatsoever are honest, whatsoever are just, whatsoever are pure, whatsoever are lovely, Anything of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, so that's what you want to be thinking about. Occupy your mind with stuff like that. So every time any funny thought comes in, be it to do wrong or be it to think wrong, just cast it out. You can tell that's not from God because God told you exactly what you need to be thinking about. Anything that is just. Anything that is honest, anything that is true, anything that is of virtue, good report, that's what you need to occupy your mind. Please take note, knowing these scriptures is not enough. You have to put the scripture to work. In other words, just knowing the scripture, just preaching the scripture just singing the scripture. There are many people who died before their time and they know many verses in the Bible, but they never act on it. Some of you have been singing in the choir since 1902, and yet you allow the devil to oppress you every day, every week. It's not about what you do. It's not about what you know. It's what you are willing to put to work. Knowledge is just information. But you see, understanding is when you get a revelation of the information you're provided with. But wisdom is when you put to work what you know. And what is missing in many people's lives? No wisdom. We got knowledge. Some of us even get understanding. But the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7 Wisdom is the principal thing. Get wisdom. Let's apply what we know. Say, for example, in the book of First Peter, chapter five, verse seven, the Bible says, "Cast all your cares upon Him, for He careth for you." Ladies and gentlemen, that word "cast" means to pitch the ball, to pitch. That word "cast" means to throw. Notice it requires action. But supposing you know that verse, but you're sitting there all day with your arms folded, you never cast your cares. You never pitch your cares upon him. How is he going to care for you when you decide to be be carrying the load? Ladies and gentlemen, the problem, many of us instead of casting our cares on him We are just getting used to the problem, and we walk around with the problem. I shared with my church members one time the story of a woman in Africa. I was trying to give her a ride. She was carrying uh, a basket full of yams, but when she came into my SUV, she kept carrying the the yam in her hand. I said, Mama, let me put this in the truck. There's a trunk of the SUV, plenty of space. No, she held on to to that basket on her head. And that's what many of us are doing. All your cares, you hang on to. You're trying to figure things out. And the devil is stealing what Jesus died for to give you freedom. Ladies and gentlemen, the next thing I will suggest to you, if you really want to beat all this coronavirus, or any other infirmity in your life, you have to be willing to get radical. You have to be willing to get violent with the devil. You say, Pastor, are you trying to teach me to be a troublemaker? No. You see, the devil comes to steal what Jesus has done for you. So you have to fight back. You have to hang on to what you got. If you don't hang on, somebody will steal it. It's just like a a precious woman with your purse in a big city. Somebody will come and snatch that purse. Guess what you have to do? You have to hold on to your own purse. The same thing in the spirit. Jesus died to give you life. Don't let the devil steal it from you. Jesus died to give you good health. Don't let the devil steal from you. Jesus died to give you freedom. Don't let the devil steal that from you. And that is why the book of Matthew chapter 11 verse 12 says, the kingdom of heaven, sovereign violence. But violence must take it by force. In other words, you have something to do. Don't let the devil steal the blessing God put in your life. You have to protect your miracle. A pregnant woman knows that if you're pregnant, you're carrying a miracle. You can't be jumping around like every other girl in town. You have to protect that miracle. The same thing, the spirit, God has done for you and me some miracle. And the devil is trying to come to steal that from you. He's trying to come to take that from you. Guess what you need to do? You have to protect your miracle. You have to fight back. If the devil puts in your head, you're going to die of this fire. You have to talk back to the devil. The devil is a lie. I shall live and not die. I will be here at the graduation of my children. When my children... I get to marry and matching the hour, nobody will be there to represent me. I will represent my own self. Every one of my girls, I will hold them and walk them. So if the devil is trying to get you paralyzed that you can't even walk, you better talk back to that devil. You better fight back and say, In the day of my children's celebration, I will be right there. One of the tragedies of Ebenezer. You probably read about the story of Joseph, how he became famous in Egypt, and how he sent for all of his people. He used the wagons, the limousines, the Cadillacs of Egypt to go carry all of his people. And they were all happy and rejoicing. But guess who is missing? Rachel, the mother of Joseph, the one who was pregnant with Joseph, the one who carried the baby, the one who labored. I pray for you today in the name of Jesus that your labour will not be in vain. you got to fight to leave. Ladies and gentlemen, the problem with many of us is that we are too passive. We are too passive. Passive people always want something good like everybody else, but they just sit back And wait to see if it will happen. Nothing will happen by you just sitting back. If you're planning to start your own business, you better get at it. Don't say, well, one day the government will give me money. No, what government? The government is broke. (laughs) How are they going to help you when when they are broke too? But when you make up your mind, you're going to leave. No devil can take you out. Maybe you're in the hospital right now. You're listening to me. And maybe you've seen the the, the diagnosis, the mammogram, all these tests, and they say, oh, this don't look good for the rest of your life. You'll be walking with a cane, and you can't get up anymore. You you better make up your mind. You're going to leave. You better make up your mind. You're going to walk. You better make up your mind. You're going to leave for your children. Find you a reason to leave. My message to you is that you have to be aggressive. Don't wait for somebody else to to get you in the water. You have to be aggressive. When the the water is steered, when the angel of God gets in the water, you better jump in. This is your season to live and not die. In the name of Jesus. You can't hope that the devil will leave you alone. That will not happen. You can't wish that the devil will go away. That will not happen. The truth be told, he comes to steal from you and me. He comes to steal from you and me. He comes to destroy us. But God has given us the opportunity through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You can beat any odd in your life. Ladies and gentlemen, where fear sees problem, faith sees God. And it don't matter what you're going through right now. Choose to see God. Even when your finances don't look good, choose to see God. Even when you don't have a job lined up yet, choose to see God. Many people say, well, pastor, you just don't know me. I, I'm a warrior. No, the devil is a lie. God don't create that you with worry. You're worrying about your health. You're worrying about your children. You're worrying about your marriage. You're worrying about COVID-19. I mean, some people just freaking out. They can't even enjoy life. And Jesus said, I came to give you life. Now they have no life. They're just freaking out over nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to make up your mind that you're not going to worry. That's why the Bible says God has not given you a spirit of fear. That's why the Bible says don't worry about a thing, but by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known unto God. My wife and I, we had a situation like that. My wife worries a lot about the children, once they're all grown, they're out of the house. And what are they doing here? What are they doing? Why are you are? And I, I just go to sleep. And she asked ask me, how can you do that? I said, baby, let me be honest with you. Children are going to do what they're going to do anyway. And you know what? you worrying about it. It's not going to change a thing. And unless God protect them, they're not protected anyway. So guess what we are both learn now. We pray for them, we trust God for them, and we go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> My friend, don't allow a spirit of fear to overwhelm you. Don't allow a spirit of worry to overwhelm you. I want us to learn from the life of Abraham and Sarah. They have profound testimony about how you deal. With all this crisis, whether it's COVID-19, whether it's something else, whether it's children not acting right, whether it's marriage in trouble, whether it's financial situation. You look at the book of Romans chapter 4, beginning from verse 18. The story of Abraham and Sarah. God made him a promise. God said to him, I will make you father of many nations. But guess what? The reality is that both him and his wife, they are old. They cannot make children. Sarah has passed childbearing age. Sarah is now experiencing what we call a change of life. You think that's not at the back of their mind? Of course, the devil will remind you and remind you every day what you cannot do. How the odds are against you. Abraham also is 100 years old. What can a 100-year-old man do? Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm saying to you is that this couple were faced with serious problems, with impossibility. And maybe you're under the sound of my voice this morning, and that's what you're dealing with. You look at your health situation. The doctors are telling you, don't look good. You look at your finances. The bank is telling you, don't look good. You look at your your marriage condition. You say, pastor, there's no hope up in here. But you know what? There's always hope in God. Notice what Abraham did. The Bible said in verse 18 of Romans chapter 4, Abraham believing hope, Against hope. When all hope is gone, When you look at your situation, your condition, and it don't look hopeful. Do you realize you can still believe in hope? Hallelujah. (laughs) God is faithful to see you through whatever you're facing right now. The Bible said, Abraham believed in hope against hope that he might become father of many nations. Do you really want to become something? You have to learn to hope against hope. You have to learn to believe in hope against all the odds so that you also might become what you want to become. Maybe you want to become an owner of your own company. Maybe you want to be married. Maybe you want to have your own child. Maybe you, you're trying to get admission to college. Maybe I don't know what it is. But you have to believe in hope against hope so that you might become hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, verse 19 says, Abraham was not weak in faith. I can stop being shot all day. He did not consider his own age. That's what we meant when we say he's not weak in faith. He did not even consider the deadness of his wife's womb. You know what I'm trying to tell you? He did not allow his condition, his situation, his circumstance dictate what would be the outcome of his situation. Ladies and gentlemen, verse 20 said it, even more seriously, he did not stagger at the promises of God through unbelief. The problem with many of us is that we are staggering. On one hand, we are trying to believe God. On another hand, we are looking at all these television news. How many people die of coronavirus? How many people are infected? How many, oh, he's coming to this. He's coming to your neighborhood. Oh, we see him on the highway. Come on, people. <laughs> Can we just try to believe God for a change? Abraham did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. Hold on to what God has promised you. What is it that God promised you? God said with long life, I will satisfy you and I will show you my salvation. Well, if God promised you, you're going to live long. Why are you tripping? Just think about it. Let that soak in. God is not a man. He doesn't lie. Whatever he says, he will do it. If he makes you a promise, he will make it good. God promised you look, a thousand may fall, ten thousand by your right. As for you, you will only hear about it, you won't be a victim. Why can't you embrace that? Abraham did not stagger through unbelief. One scripture put it this way. He said a double minded person is unstable. That person cannot receive from God. Can you imagine, sister, if you're dating a brother and then today say, we're going to get married this year. And then this year passed by Is the way I change my mind. Let's do it next year. And then next year, well, I'm still praying about it. Let's do it. Girl, you better run. (laughs) A, A double minded person is unstable in all of his ways. People like that cannot receive nothing. When it comes to your health, believe that God is a healer. So it don't matter. Yes, people get sick. I've been sick. Not one time, several times. People go to the hospital. I even have children that work in the hospital. For God's sake, take your medication. Do all the precautions. But at the end of the day, even in your hospital bed, make up your mind. You're going to leave. Make up your mind. I'm coming out of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible said... Abraham did not stagger the promise of God. Instead, he was strong in faith. Guess what he was doing? He was giving glory to God. Can I tell you a little secret about church, folks? When I come to church, I can tell how many of them are excited about God today. You never have to crank them them up to praise God. They have made up their mind. It doesn't mean we don't have problems doesn't mean we're not facing trials, but we make up our mind. We're going to give God the glory anyhow. We're going to praise God anyhow because we know how to praise our way out of our difficulties. Hallelujah. Verse number 21, Romans chapter 4 says, Abraham was fully persuaded that God is able to do what he promised. Do you know that God is able to bring you out of every situation you're in right now? Do you know that God is able to heal your body? Do you know that God is able to make your dream come to pass? Do you know that that vision that God gives you, that dream that God gives you, it will come to pass in the name of Jesus Christ? Your God is able. The only question is, are you fully persuaded about it? My message to you this morning is that Abraham had a big problem. Abraham had a big impossibility, but he looked beyond his problem, and he saw God. So I will encourage you this morning, wrap yourself around the promises of God. Don't get consumed by the fear and anxiety and all the negative reports that is saturating the airwaves. Allow the the word of God to minister to you. So whatever you're going through, whether it's with your children, whether it's with your marriage, whether it's with your finance, whether it's with your health, whether it's with your job, or whatever it is, remember that your God is bigger than your problem. And if you really look close enough, you look at his record. He's bailed you out before. I'm a living witness. If he did it before, he can do it again. Hallelujah. That is why we encourage you, don't combine your faith with fear. When you pray in fear, your fear will nullify your prayers. What we're supposed to be doing is to pray Instead of fear. You can't have both. Fear and faith cannot live in the same room. Just like darkness and light cannot belong to the same room. So instead of fearing, instead of being in fear with faith, pray to God instead of living in fear. Let me say this in conclusion. The Bible said this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Those who come to God must believe. Believe what? Believe that he is. He is what? He is your healer. He is your redeemer. He is your way maker. He is your shelter in time of storm. Whatever you want him to be today, God is big enough to deal with that situation. So as we prepare our heart to receive the Holy Communion, I want you to embrace the reality of what Jesus has done for you. I'm going to invite our worship team to come and I hope and pray that you are ready to receive the Holy Communion with me. I hope and pray that you have Some crackers, some juice, if you don't have anything fancy like what I have in my hand, just grab you a slice of bread. (laughs) Hallelujah. In the house, just grab you. Somebody needed uh, an anointing of oil one time. He said, Pastor, but I don't have no oil. I don't have no holy oil. I said, said, Sister, do you have any kind of oil in your house? He said, yeah, I got cooking oil. I said, that cooking oil is going to become holy today. Hallelujah. So it's not the type of juice. It's not the type of crackers. If you have no juice, you can even use water. It's the spirit behind it. And as we prepare how to receive the Holy Communion, please permit me to invite you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. Maybe you're hearing me today. But really, you don't know him as your Lord. You've never lived for him. You've never belonged to any church. You've never allowed Jesus to be the Lord of your life. My friend, there's a number under these brokers. It's an opportunity for you to call. There are preachers who are ready to pray with you who are ready to love on you, who are ready to counsel you and to bless you. They don't want anything from you other than to pray with you and lead you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Call that number. It's a toll-free number. And there are ministers, men and women, who are ready to be a blessing to you. Also, permit me to say, if you are listening out there, and you have been blessed by this ministry. And you say, look, I need to support what these people are doing. You know, I really appreciate you. Some of you have given. And I pray that God will increase you more and more. The Bible says God always gives seed to the sower. If you would like to be a blessing to the Zion Hill Church Ministry, just go to our website, www.zionhill.com. And there's an opportunity there for you to give. And we will appreciate your giving. And we are praying that God will bless you and increase your storehouse in the name of Jesus. Now you're ready to receive the Holy Communion. I hope you're ready. I'm excited. If you want to know more about this Holy Communion, I want you to read the book of Matthews, chapter 26. Verse 26 through verse 30. The Bible says Jesus one day called all of his disciples together. And then he took the bread. And now they're looking at him. They're saying, okay, what's he up to today? He took the bread. The Bible says he blessed it. Then he broke that bread. Then he gave it to every one of them. Now, can you imagine being present? You're watching the drama. He said, What is he up to now? And Jesus told every one of them, Eat this bread I'm giving you. He said, This bread represents my body that will be broken for you. No wonder later on how the prophet said he was wounded. Talking about his body. For our transgression was wounded. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we're healed. Are you ready? Get your bread. Get okay. your cracker. Whatever it is. And we bless blessed right now in the name of Jesus. You may eat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. thank you Jesus in the same manner Jesus took the cup and he gave them every one of them to drink he said folks you're not just drinking juice he said this drink represent my blood that will be shed for you Remember I said earlier that the blood of Jesus can boost your immunity? Remember I told you earlier to survive COVID-19 or any other illness, you need strong immunity? See, this represents the blood of Jesus Christ. You know there's a blood bank where people go and give blood? For human blood, when you donate it's only good for so long. After a while, that blood is contaminated and they will throw it away if it's not being used. But there is something about the blood of Jesus. Like the choir singing, the blood of Jesus shall never lose its
2: power.
1: And I pray that you understand as you drink this blood today, it will cleanse out all the impurities in your body. It will flush out all the toxins in your body.
2: It will allow every
1: part of your body, every organ, every tissue to function for the purpose for which God made. I pray that when this blood of Jesus get into your own blood, a refreshment will come into your body. Your immune system will be boosted for the glory of God. Bless it in Jesus' name. Now let's drink together. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your holy name. Right where you are, now I want us to pray. Every one of you in the privacy of your home, let me pray with you. I want to pray that God will remember you.
2: you
1: I shared the story of Laban Mm -hmm. early this morning in the book of Genesis chapter 31 verse 38. Jacob worked for Laban for 20 years long. Then eventually God set him free. And maybe you're listening to me you've been struggling for years you're saying when will all this be over I pray that God will remember you are you listening to me see the more I studied the word of God the more I found out that it takes God to remember us Joseph was in the pit but when God remembered Joseph he moved from the pit to the palace God remembered Noah. The whole earth was about to be consumed and destroyed, but God remembered Noah. You remember Hannah? God remembered Hannah. She had no child. She was a subject of ridicule. But when God remembered her, she could live again. My prayer for you this morning in the year twenty twenty. God will remember you. I say God will remember you. God will remember your children. God will remember your family in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that every Laban in your life, you see, Jacob was working for Laban so that he can get a wife. The Bible says for seven years, he was made to work to get Rachel instead they gave him Leah a woman with one eye you can imagine how the brother felt and then they told him in order to get what he really wants he will have to work another 7 years now that makes 14 years then on top of that he had to work another 6 years but at the the 28th year God remembered him I pray that same God will remember you. In your struggle, God will remember you. I pray just like he came out, God will cause you to come out of every trial, every trouble, every struggle in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray the year 2020, just like Jacob was promised and he was let down. They did not keep their promise. Every promise that remain unfulfilled in your life, in the year 2020, God will cause it to come to pass. In the name of Jesus, that miracle that you are believing God for, that blessing that you are waiting on God for, that man, that woman that you are believing God for, that new job, this is the year that God will cause it to happen. This is not a year to be dead. What COVID-19? You can call it COVID-18 or what, call it what you want. Say to your own say, I will live and not die. This is my year to be blessed. This is my year to flourish. This is my year that God will give me a 2020 vision to make this happen in my life. In the name of Jesus. You see, Jacob was cheated. That's what it is. I know what it is to be swindled. I went home to visit my folks in Africa and I get swindled. I know what it is to be taken advantage of. But I pray that this year 2020 will be your payback year. Payback year in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that God will remember you and promote you. Let me also remind you in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 7, verse 2, the Bible said the Ark of the Covenant was stolen from Israel, guess how long? 20 years. The people of God cried and said, Oh, Lord, we need the presence of God back. And God restored the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel. Did you hear that word restored? I pray there's a spirit of restoration that will flow freely, unhindered in your life. Everything the devil has stolen from you, everything the cankerworm has stolen, everything the locusts have stolen, I pray that God will give you double for your trouble. The devil should not be allowed to get away with what, what belongs to you. I pray for restoration, restoration of your health, restoration of your finance, restoration of your children, restoration of your marriage, restoration of your joy. You can begin to smile again in the name of Jesus. I thank you for watching us this morning. I'm going to invite our worship team let's celebrate together let's close this worship experience let's thank God for another day of miracle in our life all is well in Jesus name God bless you
0: For all mankind, God's only Son, perfect and spotless, one He never sinned but suffered as if he did, but all of glory us out light to this broken land all authority authority, in every victory victory. is yours all authority, All authority, authority I speak over your life and say every Savior, Savior, worthy of all, worthy of honor and glory. You're worthy of all of our praise, You name. overcame, You overcame, and we call the name that's higher than any name, Jesus, Jesus. awesome in power. Awesome. awesome and great okay. overcame. You, overcame. you overcame You overcame Lifted one more time and Say, say are uh, worthy, worthy of honor and glory You're worthy of all worthy of our I praise all of our you, overcame. you overcame You overcame And we call the name that very demons tremble we say Jesus, Jesus awesome and power awesome and, power awesome and great in your name awesome and great your name. we know that you overcame you overcame. Yeah. and we have overcome. we have overcome by the blood by of the, the Lamb Lord. And the word of our testimony. Every one of you, everyone. Every one. Hold the gun. Say, we have overcome. By the blood of the Lamb. And the word of our testimony. Every one of you. Every one. Hold the and this year of 2020